0: welcome this is a dumb sports podcast we are back with our special edition dumb sports podcast draft edition but first we have a few apologies to announce we let our studio our our in-studio conversation get a little out of hand last week some things were said tongue in cheek and we cut those conversations from the pod because we realized that they were out of line Somehow, a leaked raw version has circulated, and we wanted to respond to some of the tweets and emails
1: we have received. T, why don't you go first? Well, before I get into these, I just want to first let everybody know, uh, anyone who knows me will be the first to say that I am a person who loves to get a reaction out of people, regardless of your beliefs, groups you belong to. I have made horrible comments about Democrats and Republicans at their conventions so you know i mean i know that's not the best like i guess group that i want to shoot out but um know that the comments that were made were just a poorly timed joke and that i promise um and you know especially judging by the commercial read from last week um i fully support women in the workforce and just want everybody to know that moving forward so But uh, what, uh, what 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 sort of responses did we get? Uh, so here's our first one. We've got uh,
0: it looks like Jane from Tennessee. Uh, oh. how dare you say that the say that the same weekend as the WNBA draft? You ought to be ashamed of your myopic views and slanderous speech. I hope Cartoon Network never puts your clown show on the air.
1: Same. Uh. I, I, I can see where Jane from Tennessee is coming from. Uh, to be fair, I had no idea that the WNBA even had a draft. Um, I'm not going to try and claim ignorance is innocence right now. I was under the impression, though, that it was kind of the, you know, PE and elementary school, everybody line up, and we're just going to pick players that way. Um, but that's my bad. So, again, I apologize.
2: Yeah. Uh, looks like we also had a tweet from Ash Ash thirty five ninety eight, and she said, "I am absolutely stunned after hearing the unedited version of episode three. Although the comments made could have been exponentially worse, I think T made a fool of himself. I'm not surprised he's incapable of holding higher level opinions since his favorite form of entertainment consists of watching Juana Man and eating Cheetos. Go to hell, dumb sports podcast."
1: I have no response for that. That is a uh, that's a solid burn. I will take that from Ash Ash, and I will, uh, you know, tip of the cap.
0: All right, I've got another one here that uh, is signed from Mrs. Pearl Women. It says, "To whom it may concern, I recently listened to episodes one and two of Dumb Sports podcast and enjoyed the content. I enjoyed the show because I'm an average fan and appreciated the amateur yet well thought opi- opinions." you guys bring to the table. After hearing the unedited version of episode three, I was shocked to find out that T is a dirtbag and a misogynist with a wage gap, still holding back females in the workplace. I found it rather insensitive and close-minded for him to make these comments about the WNBA. I will listen to episode four in hopes of an apology, but it's safe to say I won't make it to episode 10 and hopefully neither do you guys. All right. That feels a bit personal. I'm going to be honest. So
1: first things first, uh, I'm, I'm being open-minded about these apologies, but I refuse to turn this into a Dear Abby section in the newspaper with this Mrs. Pro Women. Uh, like I said, I'm all for accountability. Um, like I said at the beginning of this, of this segment that we have going, I am all for the women in the workplace. You know, I, I think it's unfortunate that there is a wage gap. You know, get some sort of you know, bill in front of me, some sort of petition, I will sign it. It's, it's just a weird, it's a weird topic. You know, I think traditionally there's been, there's also been the argument that, oh, you know, men, you know, have traditionally chosen, chosen jobs that pay a lot of money, like doctors and lawyers and that sort of thing. While in contrast, women choose to do jobs that aren't as high paying like female doctors or female lawyers. Totally, totally not my fault. Again, I am totally pro-women in the workforce. I think women should be paid just as much as men, if not more. I will turn everybody to Twitter where you guys can read all of my tweets about the women's national soccer team and how they should be paid more because they're the only team that actually wins anything.
0: I think that's a really bold take for you to make, and I think that's something that all of us here at Dumb Sports Podcast can stand behind. Uh, We absolutely are in favor of the women's soccer team, being paid more than the men's soccer team and we also i mean we reach out to all of those who are held back uh, by the gender pay gap but we also recognize some of that
1: is caused by personal choice any other responses any other angry emails or tweets
2: i got one more tweet over here from a bundle of brit ah there we go Pondola Brett says, after the tragedy basketball has experienced this year, I was shocked T-Raz made those comments he did about the WNBA. I'd like to know if he'd feel comfortable making those comments in front of Kobe and Gigi if they were still here, or he'd tuck his tail between his legs.
1: Well, fortunately and unfortunately, we'll never find out what would happen. So there we go.
0: All right, and that concludes our apologies for this, uh, this episode. I'm sure there's more coming in the future, but we're going to try our best to avoid them. Again, one last time, please accept our dumb sports apology on behalf of t and all of the group here who sat idly by while he ventured way beyond the lines <laughs> that he should never cross. All right, next up is our dumb draft analysis, your one-stop shop for all things NFL draft-related. Oh, oops. I guess we missed the WNBA draft last weekend, guys. All right. All right. Sorry again. Anyway, back to what people care about. Dumb sports draft picks. All right, boys. Who will be the biggest bust of this year's NFL
1: draft and why? You know, I think that – Just looking at the mock drafts and, you know, some of the prospects are going to be performing or have performed and who are going to be drafted tomorrow. I think the guy that uh, has the most bust potential is probably C.D. Lamb. I think that the Alabama receivers that are coming out are going to be just raring to go. They'll go for, you know, a thousand plus just right out of the gate. C.D. Lamb has that Kelvin Benjamin appeal where, you know, he might be pretty sick. Um, but he's also coming from a patty Cake conference where, I mean, nothing was going on down there. There is no uh, real defense that is played. You know, the guys from Bama, like, yes, I understand. You know, there's only about, I don't know, 15 guys on an SEC team at any one point. But I think that they have the most potential. And, uh, you know, in comparison, C.D. Lamb, I think you might disappoint whoever ends up picking them tomorrow. All right, Matt, you
0: got any ideas on this one? Who do you think is most likely to be the bust of the draft?
2: Yeah, I'm going to kick it off with a banger here. I'm going with Joe, Joe Burrow. I believe that Joe Burrow will be good, but I don't believe he'll be number one pick worthy. I think he struggled to get the starting position at Ohio State, lost it to JT Barrett and Dwayne Haskins, and then he had to transfer. Didn't have a great junior year at LSU either. And then now, all of a sudden, senior year, all of a sudden, he's this god. And he's got NFL players around him. Just like everybody wants to say, Alabama quarterbacks only ever look good with their NFL receivers. So, I want to see what Joe Burrow can do with a very, very, very bad Cincinnati Bengals team. I
0: I will point out that Cincinnati Bengals uh, receiving core are actually all 100% NFL caliber talent.
2: This is true. This is true. But we will see. We will see. Is, it, right. is AJ
1: Green gonna be back?
2: Uh, I, gonna, I don't think he's gonna be there. I think he wanted to not, trade, didn't he? I still think they're
0: gonna have NFL talent on the Cincinnati Bengals.
2: You who know.
1: else is on that? Uh, who else is in that wide receiving core?
2: Uh, they've got John Ross. That's right. Yep, you got my boy. Uh, let's see their tight ends. Is it still Croft? No, not Tyler Croft. Um, one second.
0: Isn't that the person Uh, from Tomb
2: Raider? Tyler Boyd is who I'm thinking of. My fault. Oh, yeah, that's Boyd. Taj Boyd. Tyler Boyd.
0: (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, Tyler Boyd. All right. So, anyway, moving on. I'm going to go ahead and throw my pick out here. This one's uh, not really that bold, but I'm pretty sure whoever the uh, two teams from New York and the Miami Dolphins draft will all bust. So, whoever picks first, I don't know who's trading up, who's trading back. But whichever of those teams pick first are going to waste that pick. So if the Dolphins draft at five and uh, the Giants and Jets come behind them, then it will be whoever the Dolphins pick. But any of those three teams, whoever drafts first, that will be the biggest bust in the draft, no matter who it is.
2: (laughs) All right. That felt personal. (laughs)
0: Question two Who is the guy that announcers will proclaim? more athletic than we thought next season over and over again. We call this the Josh Allen award. Matt, who do you got for this one?
2: I'm going to go with Jordan Love here. Cause I think him and Josh Allen are very similar. They both come from very small schools, Uh, you know, in the middle of nowhere, both of them, frankly. And I just think he's going to be a little bit overlooked. I think he could potentially be better than a Herbert or a Burrow, but we will see
0: who are you thinking? Who's somebody that looks like they're more athletic
1: than we think? You know, I'm going to go with Derek Brown, the big man from Auburn. I think that if John Gruden was still in the booth on Monday Night Football, he would have one of his classic, now here's a guy, but it would be one of those stupid here's a guy things like, nobody hits the hole on second down quite like Chris Johnson or nobody stops the slant route quite like Darryl, Darrell Revis when it's raining outside. I think uh, Derek Brown is a solid, solid prospect, but I think he's been a little bit overlooked. Uh, I think that his short arms have made people a little bit wary of taking him, but I think that once we see him out there, if he's going to be a three-down guy and you not get pulled out on these pass rushing uh, situations, that I think he's going to make an impact for sure right out of the gate.
0: I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. I think uh, Joe Burrow is a quarterback, so that automatically gives people the idea that, oh, he can't do anything. But I think he has a reputation as a passer. But I'm telling you right now, there's going to be times where he rolls outside the pocket on a bootleg, sees some open field, and takes off, and people are going to be like, oh, wow, this guy's got wheels. And all of a sudden they're going to be talking about him. Happens to uh, Aaron Rodgers a lot too. And I think that's what we're going to see with Joe Burrow. All right, moving on. Who is the guy you want to carry your bags at training camp because you
1: know they won't be able to beat you up later on? I think for me, I'm going to kind of like Matt, I'm going to go with the banger here. I'm I'm just going to say Jordan Love, honestly. I think if I have to step to one dude in this draft that's a first-rounder, Jordan Love is that guy. I think he's a little small. You know, my rule is that I will fight anyone who is preferably younger shorter and uh you know not as strong as i am and jordan love seems like that guy so jordan love no questions asked
2: yeah i'm gonna go with uh, this is tough for me because i'm not a very big human like you guys i'm pretty small so i found a guy his name is kj hamler wide receiver for penn state <laughs> coming in at five nine one seventy eight. 178 now that's about an inch and a half shorter than me and maybe he only has five, maybe ten pounds max on me. So I think you know we're going to be about eye level. So I think that's my best bet.
1: I would pay good money to see that. Actually, I think I would take you. I would bet, I would bet a you know a pretty decent amount on you to get. I a- mean,
2: he's got something going in his favor, but I don't want to repeat it last week. So I'm just going to keep that to myself.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Bass. Tyler Bass is a kicker prospect from Georgia Southern University. Excellent. 185, and I would absolutely uh, – if I were going to pick on a rookie and I was like, oh, man, I hope three years from now this doesn't come back to bite me, I absolutely would go after a kicker. My, a kicker would be carrying everything I own. That's fair. As long as that's legal in the collective bargaining agreement. I'm not paying fines. All right, moving on. If you could name a restaurant after any player in this draft, who would it be and what would they serve at the restaurant?
1: And let's go ahead and start with you, T. I'm going to take the easiest choice here because I'm not creative enough to make up any other restaurant names. I'm going to go with C.D. Seafood. Uh, For C.D. Lamb, you would think that uh, some sort of bistro restaurant with lamb being in there would probably be a better pick. But C.D. Seafood, Fish and Chips – I'm not sure where he's from, but he seems like a fish and chips guy. And I mean, it just has a nice little ring to it. So. All
0: right. All right. I like it.
2: I mean, that's what I was going to take. But I was going to go more of like the Euro direction, like Greek food. Euro, is that what they're called? Euros, gyros, how oh, they pronounce yeah. it? That was a direction he, I was going to go.
1: Heroes? Is that how, how do you say that?
2: I, I don't know if it's gyro or Euro or. I don't know.
0: I believe it's pronounced Euro.
2: That's mm. what I thought. But I know they're made with lamb.
0: Okay, so you're going CD Lamb with... Yeah,
2: baseball. yeah, yeah. He, he took mine first, but that's all I right. I imagine him right.
1: working, though, if he was doing, like, the... Wait, was it Euro? If he was doing Euros, he would work at that one Greek spot in the Newgate Mall in Ogden, and he'd be Greek, just the one Hockey? employee. Yeah, exactly. The one guy <laughs> that's working, and he'd be getting all the free samples from the uh, that Chinese restaurant that's just tucked right in there. Oh, yeah. That joke's only for people who live in Ogden or have visited the Newgate Mall, which is not doing well during quarantine, might I add.
2: <laughs> it wasn't doing well before quarantine. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> All right, I've got a couple. Uh,
0: so, speaking of uh, uh, Greek food, I actually thought of Burroughs Euros. with Nice. no Burroughs restaurant going on. Uh, I also was better. looking at uh, a couple other options, like um, – uh rugs is mugs and it'd just be like a little tavern everything would have uh rugs the third on the name and then uh also jay loves uh jay loves
1: gourmet chocolates that's pretty good yeah i guess if i had to i mean if i had to choose another one herbert's hoagies they probably just buy out the rest of the blimpies that are still in business and just just take over they'd probably do a better job honestly
2: is it racist to say that Henry Ruggs would have Indian food?
0: Why
2: yeah, would that be racist? You know, rugs, you know. I
0: mean I I don't I don't know. <laughs> okay, then <enough> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely thought that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. All right. Well with that in mind, we're gonna go ahead and move on to our next question. Uh And that is, if your team could trade one of their picks from last year's draft for the exact same number in this draft, would you do it? Not not knowing who you would get, but get the exact same number, and then whoever falls there, you're stuck
1: with them. Would you do it? I think I would, honestly. Uh, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think the Raiders had six last year. Somebody could fact check me on it. I think they had six, four or six. They had four. They had four. Okay. Yeah. So even better. So last year I know they took Cleveland Farrell at that spot. I'm not ready to give up on him yet because he had a year rookie year that was similar to Clill max where he, he had a lot of QB pressures. Um, He just didn't finish them off and get the sack. So I still think that, you know I still think he's going to come through but I would gamble on this draft I mean I doubt Chase Young is going to fall but he is an absolute monster and even if not I mean there's still going to be like an Isaiah Simmons there or even you know one of the QBs I'm a hardcore Derek Carr fan and I never want to see him leave or wear any other jersey but just a gamble cuz again I th- I thought Farrell was a reach I thought you could have got him at 28 but if you had done that then you know, we have no Josh Jacobs, so it, it's tricky, but I, I think I would roll the dice for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same spot. Miami had uh, 13 last year. They got Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle for, from Clemson, and he wasn't bad last year, but he didn't really do anything special. Actually, I think Miami could potentially move up to that spot this year. They, I've, I've heard talks of them moving their eight, number 18 pick, pick from Pittsburgh up to that so they can get one of those uh, top O-linemen because that's what they're looking for. And they're projected to go between like, I think it was 10 and 15 is what I read. So that would work out perfectly if we already had the 13th spot land, one of those O-linemen after we get two at five and everybody's happy.
0: Yeah. So the Eagles took Andre Dillard last year at 21, (laughs) I want to say, which is pretty close to where they're at this year anyway. And quite frankly, they need him. They just lost two of their, uh, their offensive line. And if you don't know, the Eagles offensive line has been pretty much the foundation of their Super Bowl and their playoff contending the last couple years. So I'm actually really nervous about this year that they're going to be a little bit thinner uh, on the offensive line, but we absolutely need to keep that pick from last year. I would not give it up to, uh, to take the same pick this year. All right, so finally, we're going to get to our dumb sports movie reviews our first thoughts and reactions to The Last Dance. So we're going to go ahead and go with some first impressions. I'll, I'll lead us off. I was so grateful that they included that uh, Georgetown game with uh, Michael Jordan hitting the game winner because, quite frankly, I thought the entire thing was going to be about the NCAA tournament because of the title, The Last Dance. I thought it was going to be about his final big dance the final ncaa tournament so i was really confused when they were showing all this bulls footage but then when they covered that i felt like okay finally here's the thing i was looking for so yeah that that was my uh my big takeaway is hey this jordan guy not bad in college uh matt what do you think what were your first impressions from the last yeah this is what i want
1: to hear right now the i mean and what are your thoughts
2: I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was a good start i keeping in mind that it 's a ten part series is kind of where I 'm at. you know. You kind of figure that these first two episodes were i mean almost like an introduction of sorts. Hey, this is a brief history. you know this is where this player came from. this is where this uh, you know number two player came from. This is their brief little backstory i think we'll we 'll probably have one one for sure because the next one's already going to be Rodman. They could do one on like Steve Kerr or Ku Coach, or somebody I'm not sure, so we might potentially have four player centered episodes. I'm kind of looking at that as like like the first five honestly is somewhat of an introduction to some big lead up to where in these final you know two to three maybe four episodes, we're gonna have all the juiciness that everybody really wants to see the stuff nobody's seen before uh you know just just the the stuff that everybody's really looking forward to, but I mean, you understand they have to do it this way because you know not everybody watching knows these things like you know me or you do, and so they have to kind of treat it like a a TV series of sort of of to, to to a to a person that doesn't know any of this information.
1: Right, and I think that's where I was struggling during the first two episodes because as I was watching, the big negative was I I really don't like the whole getting to know you stuff that happens in movies and shows like this. And I think that my problem with that is that I always just disregard uh, young people, anybody who's younger than me, really, just because, uh, I mean, if you're younger than 25, I just assume that you don't exist for some reason. Um, I always just assume that everybody knows about Michael Jordan. So, I mean, about half an hour in, when I was thinking back, I'm like, okay, yeah, there is, you know, an entire generation, if not two by now, I don't even know, um, that have no idea what this guy was about. I think I was pretty disappointed. Um, by some of the tweets and reactions from former students that I've worked with that immediately just ran to their computers or to their smartphones and were saying, and this is why LeBron is better than Jordan because, and just solely based on that opinion off, you know, stuff that they've heard about Jordan, you know, the stats that they can look up on the internet. Um, The big positive though, with these shows was I, I just, the the memories and the feelings that came rushing back, um, you know, from being like a six year old kid and watching Michael Jordan and, you know, just some of the other footage that they showed. I mean, I wasn't there for that uh, Georgetown game. So that footage was incredible, I thought. And I think just hearing him speak for the – well, to me, what was the first time. Um, I, th- I thought it was great. I thought that it left me right in a place where I was wanting more. The Scottie Pippen stuff that they discussed in there uh, was fantastic. I had no idea that he was playing, you know, 82 games a year for – you know, a ham sandwich and, you know, a, a Subway card at that point in time. Um, but overall, I mean, it was great. It was, it was phenomenal, I thought.
2: I didn't even know they had video back then Yeah, <laughs> for those NCAA tournaments. I don't think I've ever seen that much video footage of Jordan's college games. I've seen like brief you yeah. know, snippets, you know, 10 seconds here, and 10 seconds there. But they actually had a decent amount of video footage.
1: And it was good, too. It was good footage.
0: Well, so that's one thing that I did want to comment on. One thing that frustrates me a little bit when they do something like this is even I, I, felt, I felt myself falling for the trap where I was like, man, Jordan was such a good shooter. He never missed. But then I remember, like, he actually didn't have that great of a field goal percentage. Like, if you look back on his shooting, like, long-term, he actually wasn't this incredibly – dominant shooter that never missed now his field goal shooting was definitely better than average i'm not saying like oh michael jordan was an average or below shooter i'm just saying you watch these things and you fall for the spell like wow anytime the ball left his hand it was going through the hoop and that's just not the case like he was a volume scorer he shot the ball a lot he made a lot of really tough ridiculous shots but it's not like every time the ball left his hand, it was going through the hoop.
2: Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, like, catching the ball off the screen super often and just popping a three like Steph Curry nowadays. or You know, like, he he created shots. He did a lot of, you know, let me drive, get the defense to collapse on me and dish it out. Like, he did that a lot more than people realize.
1: Right, and I think that the the comments from Phil Jackson and um, some of the video that's come up and posted on social media after, uh, I think a lot of the stuff Phil Jackson did um, I mean, he deserves credit, too, for a lot of the success Jordan had because I thought that he had a lot of stuff that he created for Jordan that went well, obviously. I mean, we've seen Phil do that for, you know, two different dynasties now. Um, but o- overall, I mean, I was, I was super impressed with it. I mean, I think there's, there's, there's going to be people who are naysayers and who poo-poo the whole thing. But, um, I mean, moving forward, I mean, I don't think they could have set it up any better than they did. I think overall it was it was aces for sure.
2: I mean, Phil Jackson is like the Bill Belichick of the NBA if his players liked him.
1: Right, right. I mean, I think uh, outside of Phil, I I got really stuck on the Scottie Pippen stuff. Um, And I mean, I think that I, you know, we already spoke earlier this week, but I mean, I want to talk about it on the pod a little bit. Uh, Would you rather, I mean, I know, I don't know if anybody else has done their Scottie Pippen research. I have researched this guy, like I'm trying to solve the Elizabeth Smart case. I have looked up everything about this dude and his uh, divorce that he's going through. So the question I have is, would you rather have Scottie Pippen's divorce payout that he's going to end up giving to his ex-wife, or would you rather hit the jackpot at the 122nd biggest U.S. casino chose the 122nd because at uh, that time in the nineties, Scottie Pippen was the 122nd highest player in the league, even though he was arguably, one of the top three or even two at that
2: point. I mean, that's tough. Cause doesn't Vegas have like 500 plus casinos? I'm not sure.
1: Like I was I'm trying I to was gauge trying what to...
2: the 122nd biggest casino would be. I did some
1: research on this one. Um, I only was able to find the hundredth biggest casino, which was in the middle of, I believe it was New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. Um, For reference, let's just pretend that Jackpot Nevada and Cactus Pete's is the 122nd biggest casino in the U.S.
2: Well, okay, let me just perspective this for a minute. I I think it was two, maybe three years ago. What remember that uh, whole story where there was like a slot machine at an old Vegas casino that hadn't hit for its entire existence? And it was due for, like, a $2 million payout or something like that. Vaguely, and flying yeah. flying in from, like, South Dakota just to line up and play this one machine that paid out. And I think even on that max, it was, like, $2 million or something. Right, and right. And I'm guaranteeing that I'm getting more from Scotty's divorce than that. So I'm going to take that one.
1: That's fair. Charles, what about you?
0: Yes, I, I spent an embarrassing amount of time trying to <laughs> research – what the jackpot numbers would be but it seems like no matter where i look at if we're talking a slot jackpot it's going to be better to be scotty's ex even though he doesn't have the jordan brand he's still so beloved in chicago i'm sure he's still making money off of endorsements around there he's got a job with the bulls i believe he still does and so i i'm definitely going to go with uh the scotty
2: I bet he's making more off of just his up tempos than these jackpots. Just that one shoe.
1: That's probably true. I mean, I think the smart pick here is probably the divorce payout. I mean, we have to assume, you know, I'm, the money he's making right now from everything that Charles has already referenced is probably astronomical. Um, Not to mention the giant contracts that he got from Portland and Houston, if I'm not mistaken. However, I'm going to go with the jackpot though, just because I am an attention whore. I mean, I really, really would love nothing more than to hit a jackpot at a casino. I don't care how big it is and get my picture taken with one of those giant checks. So it could be in a newspaper that goes to like 17 homes and then they put it on the wall next to their terrible restaurant that nobody likes and every time people walk by, they're just like, Oh, that guy looks like Gabriel Iglesias, you know, the comedian who wears the funny shirt and then they keep walking and they go eat their terrible food. That's what I want for myself. That's the level of fame. I think I deserve.
0: I feel like if you ever won one of those giant checks, you would actually carry it places and try to pay with it. Like I could <laughs> go into like a local diner and having a giant check for $11 million and you know, ordering your French toast or whatever, eating it. And then when it's time to be like,
2: Hey, can you guys break this for me? I can see T walking into a Ruth's Chris, just exactly how he is oh. right now with that giant check and just going table for two.
1: Oh, it still uh, wouldn't be the dumbest thing I've seen with an instrument, some sort of monetary instrument sidebar. When I was a teller at a somewhat reputable bank here in the, uh, you know, great salt Lake area, Um, a woman once argued with me for no less than 25 minutes because I would not cash her W-2 for her. That is a true story.
2: Wait, you can do that? (laughs) She (laughs)
1: thought so. And then when she left, she uh, actually took all of the suckers that were in my little teller station cup. And I thought it was pretty petty. Honestly, I was pretty mad about it for about 10 days until I finally let it go. But then I realized that she was trying to cash a W-2, so who really wins?
2: That's pretty ballsy to take all the suckers while you're right there. I mean, yeah. just think about taking more than one. You just feel like you murdered a bunch of children. <laughs> you know, just with the teller staring at you like, yeah, you're only supposed to have one of those, but I see what you did there. And she took a handful? I got yeah. handed to her. That's ballsy.
1: Does anybody even go into banks anymore, by the way? Like, when's the last time you went to the bank? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's been no
2: idea.
0: Just when I have to sign things. That's the only time I go into the bank.
2: Fire would, what would have been better if it, if it was the drive-up window and she asked, give oh. me your suckers in the little chute.
1: <laughs> and if I would have been, been dumb fantastic. enough to give them her. Send the basket out. <laughs>
0: uh. So the story I thought you were going to tell, me was once upon a time when uh, we were in our youth we went to a Fazoli's, and the intent was to get rid of all of the loose change I had accumulated. So, oh. we and we were gonna pay completely in change. And we got up to the cash register, and the dude straight turned us away. Said, "No, I'm not letting you pay with that change. Like, I'd rather you don't go here than pay with that." Change. <laughs> and so we're walking out to get in your truck to go back wherever we were going. And this dude walks up and is like, do you guys have any extra money? And he looks straight at me. and goes, <laughs> He's got a couple extra quarters. And I've got a jar just full of change in my hand.
1: <laughs> that was one of the top ten moments in my life, I think. Because, I mean, it's it's just, it's like Inception. There's so many dimensions to this. Because the guy turns you away for trying to pay with change. Joke's on him. That place is out of business now. Um, that could have saved him. Who knows? But then, I mean, the person who I'm going to assume was – I'm not going to assume anything at this point. It was just hilarious. That's all I'll say.
2: I'm just baffled that you had a jar of change and chose Fazoli's over Nickelcade. That's just baffling to me.
0: T and I did Nickelcade quite a
1: few times.
2: We did. This quite was a, a few very
0: times. intentional trip. There were a lot of uh, a lot of factors at play. There we, of, this
1: was a planned trip for sure.
2: Speaking of divorce money, if I got that money, I would reopen Nickelcade. That would be to-do number one. That's fair. Kids nowadays just don't have quality arcades.
0: I don't think Nickelcade was exactly a quality arcade. I think that's part of the problem.
2: <laughs> uh, I would make a quality. It'd be phenomenal.
1: What was that game with the, with the pedal? The, the guns and the pedal and the driving. Time Crisis, the best Time shooting crisis, game in that existence. That was incredible. I want to have that in my house yep. one day. Phenomenal game. Phenomenal have you guys game.
2: looked at the prices of actual, like, stand-up arcades? They're outrageous. Yeah, I believe it. Like, pinball machines go for, like, five to ten grand.
0: Well, a pinball machine is, like, that's a complicated piece. In the well, sheet.
2: that could be a collector's item depending on which one it but, is. I, I guess I get that.
0: Like, video games are not that expensive. You can actually buy,
2: like, emulators of a lot of the games and then just build a case yourself. Well, well yeah, you can buy Raspberry Pis and whatnot and create your own. I'm talking about authentic. Like, if you were to try to buy, like, an authentic stand-up Pac-Man machine, you know how much that's going to run you?
0: I don't think that much. I feel like Walmart was selling them on Black Friday for like sixty bucks.
2: No, they were like they were like three hundred, and they're still not the same. Those are mini versions. They were only like three feet tall. I'm talking full size arcade style Pac-Man machine. I'm I'm googling it. All
0: right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up <laughs> with a couple of our uh, our little commercial reads here. Uh, T, why don't you go ahead and hit us up with commercial read? Uh, oh,
1: of your favorite, uh, your favorite gum. Yeah, I've been chewing a lot of gum lately, and so far there is only one that I have found to have long-lasting flavor, and that is All Day and All Night. And to prove how long the flavor lasts, I've been standing in traffic trying to risk it all during quarantine and to stay at home order no less, so you can imagine how many cars are on the road. And I don't leave until the flavor ends and I can't chew anymore. The name of this gum is called Five. It comes in a black package, which is very, very nice. And you can get it in different flavors like spearmint, cooling peppermint, and cinnamon. Five gum. And this commercial read has been brought to you by A1 Steak
0: Sauce. With steak, you want to make every bite count. That's why we use A1 Steak Sauce. A1 brings out every single bite of steak or even a hamburger. Mmm, delicious. For me, there's only one steak sauce, A1, because A1 has all the taste that makes every bite count. That's our show for today. We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great draft. Hope your teams do well. And everybody
1: stay safe, stay inside, stay away from the Kung Flu.
2: And just... Just to get this point across, payment machines are $3,295.